Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Over the last two and a half years, I've had the absolute pleasure of bringing you conversations with amazing human beings from all over the planet who are unapologetically living their very best lives. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And I'm sorry to say there are only three episodes of the podcast left, this one included, before I hang up the mosaic microphone. The good news is there's plenty for you to catch up on. If you've been listening since the beginning or you found this podcast somewhere in the middle, thank you so much for coming back week after week. Following the end of the podcast, I'll be focusing on similar content in short form video format. I truly hope you'll join me over on Instagram at Trey Kaufman, that's T-R-E-Y-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N, or on TikTok at Real Trey Kaufman. One of my goals with the podcast has always been to open myself up to new conversations and new perspectives surrounding topics and industries I'm unfamiliar with. My guest today is a perfect example of that, being an expert in sustainable and spiritual fashion, something I know very little about, but was excited to learn. Alyssa Kucher is a fashion author and fashion entrepreneur. She feels fashion is an opportunity to attain health and healing. She claims the existence of fashion can be interpreted and experienced with a deeper purpose, fashion as an alternative medicine for mind, body, and spirit. Her sole motive is to bring fashion into its course as a therapeutic healing tool, to awaken the consciousness of the human spirit via fashion into its transmission of divine activity for overall human well-being and ultimate planetary awakening. She had founded three small businesses, only one of which she is currently producing. The business she is focused on is her fashion campaign, Healthy Fashion, creating innovative solutions for a healthier kind of fashion. It's a platform to raise awareness of the health effects of apparel. Healthy Fashion discloses important, relevant content to revamp fashion for a healthier planet, but above all, it serves for the health and livelihood of humans. It is to empower and preserve earth, humans, and plant life. Please welcome to the podcast, my guest, Alyssa Kucher. Alyssa, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Trey? Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm, I'm glad uh, glad that we have the opportunity to speak, and I, I appreciate you joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm very honored. Well, of, of course, of course. And uh, I know it's been a little while since we spoke. How's, uh, how's everything going for you? Are you enjoying uh, the spring where you are? Yeah, I'm getting out to the ocean more and more. I had just moved recently uh, close to the bayfront in San Diego, California. So I've been checking out the ocean, and it's definitely been uh, really nice. The weather here is warming up and everything. How about yourself? I, I am. I, I always get so envious when I when I speak with people who live uh, around or, or near the ocean. Um, I unlike San Diego, uh, Columbus, Ohio, or Ohio in the Midwest in general, we've got we definitely have all four seasons, and uh, it makes us appreciate uh, the spring when it warms up all that much more. And I, I've been so excited just to spend as much time as I can outside. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's a beautiful place, though, Columbus, Ohio. I've traveled through uh, Columbus, Ohio several times on road trips. And oh, nice. you've got a, a large city and you have a lot of beautiful scenery. So it's a nice place. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, it certainly is, and I, I don't want to discount that. Um, uh, we we do have we've got a lot of great nature, which is awesome, and it's it's definitely a great place to own a business. I mean, it's even a great place to work for other businesses. It is a it is a hotbed for um, founding companies, um, you know, in direct relation to, to fashion, which I'm going to preface by saying I know very little about. So I'm excited to learn from you. Um, you know, we've got uh, L Brands, Victoria's Secret, based here, and all you know, all sorts of other uh, of other other companies. I think Abercrombie and Fitch, ANF uh, is here as well. So it's uh, it's definitely it is kind of a, a it's an interesting area in, situated in the Midwest where there's just a lot of 
what feels to me a West Coast type uh, industry, which is which is kind of it's cool to experience that, but also not to have to pay you know the the West Coast prices. And so, I mean, in in relation to uh, to, to fashion, have you? I mean, what has your experience been? Have you dealt with uh, larger companies? Have you worked for larger companies, or I guess how did you get? Uh, how did fashion really come become a part of your life? Well. Um, <clears throat> I'm 36 now, and I started back when I was about 18 years old. Um, uh, no, 16. I started drawing fashion illustrations, and I was really inspired by the idea of becoming a fashion designer. So I had went to fashion college in San Francisco. <clears throat> and apart from that, I delved into a lot of retail part-time throughout the years, yeah. I actually have a strong passion for retail, and that got me into positions such as visual merchandising yeah. and styling and sort of just working with the customer. And the fashion retail was really actually a strong base for me because it made me realize what people want to wear and what people are drawn to. And it also is a bit, you know, boring too, because I, you know, retail, every job has been kind of, it can get monotonous and boring. Sure. So moving along, I kind of switched into lots of different, um, jobs and many of them being fashion related. I've had an eco fashion blog where I started a lot of fashion journalism pieces there. I have produced a fashion show Alternative Fashion 2014, where I gathered a group of people and put on an event in regards to sustainability and ecology and fashion. And that's sort of my root of where I kind of launched healthy fashion. I just never thought that eco fashion and sustainable fashion was the goal in the yeah. future. And I've just always theorized about fashion in general. I've sort of been a little bit of a philosopher. So being able to uh, write a book about fashion, my own concepts and theories and how we can improve the industry was just sort of a passion and a guide book. It's a guidebook and I was guided to write it <clears throat> because along with my fashion experience, you know, with even even having a small fashion brand, I had entered into about 10 fashion shows and, and just being around and involved in the fashion industry for so long, I also knew that there was something missing. And that's where with my work in holistic healing arts, yoga, living and working in ashrams and monasteries, that spiritual side of me sort of kind of was sort of paralleling with with my fashion work, but also it was kind of butting heads because a lot of the spiritual fashion you find is not in the mainstream fashion industry. Yeah. So that that's why I sort of kind of wanted to merge my spiritual life with my fashion life. I love that. And I'm really excited to talk about that because for me, as you were talking about your history in fashion. I, I started thinking about the, the very few uh, fashion shows that I, I've watched, and for me, there's just such this disconnect for me. Like I, that that sort of thing. Like I, I don't. I, I honestly, I, I I know so little about it. But when I think about a fashion show and high fashion and just people, and I do, I'm trying to not offend you or anybody else. But when I see people wearing just like this incredibly out there outfit. That's just, that's just not me. I mean, I'm wearing some mountain biking pants right now and a t-shirt and that's just where I find comfort. So I love the idea of eco fashion and how you can create sustainable fashion that people actually want to wear and that you've done the, the, the studying into what people actually want to wear. And it, that, I don't know, to me, it just, it, it seems like you're trying to bridge that gap between, you know, what you might see on a Victoria's Secret runway versus what normal quote unquote normal people actually can and want to wear. Yeah, there it is a, a complex industry because they want you to look, you know, fancy and really high, high fashion, but it's not comfortable. So that's why me and you are wearing t-shirts and uh, 
jeans and sweatshirts and, and whatnot because it's comfortable fashion and it's yeah. actually what you're wearing is more modern than what is on the runway because most of what's on the runway is not going to be timeless. It's not going to last. It's not practical. And I'm all about practical fashion. And I'm all about updating and advancing, improving the sweatshirt and making it look high fashion, but keeping it to the point where, you know, it's ergonomic, ergonomically designed. And that's where we really have to stop like wasting with all of this fashion that is going in the landfill because it's truly not practical and it's it's taking over the industry and i've was a victim of uncomfortable fashion i especially working in the public for so long styling customers i was doing a lot of itching and poking and prodding and pulling and it, all of that adds up and it creates an unproductive day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, you know, to your point about waste, uh, given that I live here in the city where we have all of these brands, I, I know a lot of people who have worked for these brands. And for, it's my understanding that when something either goes out of style or there's there's a defect, I mean, it's not it ends up either being burnt or going into a landfill so competitors don't pick it up or, or something along those lines. I just And that thinking about that just blows my mind that we would waste clothing, we would waste these materials, and we would pollute our planet that much more when other people could benefit from it, even if it's not perfect. But there are people who need clothing that are less fortunate than we are. Exactly. And I'll mention that 90% of the industry right now is depending on the textile industry producing polyester, rayon, acrylic, acetate, and these plastics don't really belong on the body. Um, it started in the 1930s, this overproduction of uh, polyester and synthetics where they had been produced by major chemical giants like Bayer, DuPont, Monsanto. And so with this issue with the polyester, it's creating the waste because it's fast fashion. It's less, it takes less time to produce. It's very cheap to Mm -hmm. purchase. So we're kind of in this vicious cycle of plastic and Every single industry is trying to be more plant-based, including the fashion industry in many companies and industry and in fashion industry alone. There's a lot of companies that are striving for plant-based, but because of this demand and because of this cycle that we are in, uh, many designers and textile manufacturers are being pressured and forced to continue with the demand. So we're sort of, we have an issue here with polyester and it's not, for me, it's sort of a big deal and it's important. And in the industry, it's one of the main issues, I believe, that's causing toxic fashion. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating to me. I, um, I, I guess as we speak, I realize that I, I know, I know, I still know very little, but I know more than I thought. I there for a time. I I, I worked in the promotional industry, and so part of you know it, it was more than selling just knickknacks. You put your logo on. There was a lot of uh, um, I sold a lot of uh, polos, a lot of t-shirts, anything that you can put your logo on. And I I I, I did. My friends affectionately call me a t-shirt snob because I, I did essentially become one. I, I had come from a life where I was just used to heavy cotton t-shirts. And then when I discovered the world of Tribeland, I was you know ruined for you know what I considered a quality t-shirt. But from what you're saying, it sounds like that is not sustainable and it's not good for anything involved. So, I mean, are there plant-based alternatives to have that super soft lightweight feel that you get from, you know, uh, poly and rayon or is, uh, where does that stand and, in, in regard to alternatives? Well, it's, and before I answer your question, it's very controversial to even 
begin with the idea of saying the industry needs to go plant-based because a lot of people are comfortable with their wardrobes. They don't want to change and they believe that polyester is, you know, it's fine. It's working because it is. Uh, we have survived off of this type of material. It has been a part of our lives. So we can honor and respect it. But at the same time, we have to know that this planet is really out of control. And with the polyester, what they're doing is they're mimicking and imitating a lot of the plant-based textile materials. Mm -hmm. So when you go into the shop and you say, okay, this is cotton. And then you look and it's 90% cotton. It's unreal. It's like, oh, well, I totally thought this was cotton. So right. pe people are getting tricked because the industry is imitating plant materials, which most all plant-based fabrics are, they can be incredibly soft, ergonomic, therapeutic. Uh, most of my wardrobe is predominantly cotton. I would love to introduce more linen and hemp and rami. Yeah. And I, I will be. Uh, it's just at this point, I like to shop local. And what's available typically is uh, blended cotton fibers or cotton, 100% cotton or 90% cotton. Right. But yes, I agree. We are being sort of tempted to buy some of these synthetics. Most synthetics, to my knowledge, are uncomfortable. And they're not pleasant to wear. So it, like uh, most synthetics to me, generally right. speaking, right. and I have a s sensitivity to f fabrics because I, as an energy healer, I, I work with energy and the energy of polyester is actually disrupts my, my, my rhythms to a degree. And that, that is that is something, a statement that can be researched and they are trying to prove it in India and in some of the uh, clinics that polyester is tamasic, meaning an Indian term for toxic and cotton is sattvic, an Indian term for pure. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I would love to talk more about the philosophy, uh, your personal philosophy, um, behind uh, fashion and materials. I mean, what it, it sounds like you have a great deal of experience um, researching or experiencing Eastern philosophies and it's, it's influenced uh, the way that, I mean, it's influenced your work. It's influenced how you design uh, your personal fashion or how uh, it, it, um, it influences your, your buying decisions as well. Can you talk to me more about that foundation and how you, you gained those experiences? Yeah, sure. So I actually had uh, a series of spiritual awakenings when I had traveled to Mount Shasta. And Mount Shasta is a energy vortex in Mount Shasta City, California, Northern California. And that place was really what got me closer to my truth. And my higher self, closer to my higher self. And when I realized writing this book, I have an incredible passion for fashion in general. I, I, I'm inspired by it in many, many ways. So just that drive alone really tempted me to want to uh, improve the industry or help support the improvement of the industry. And this is all going to happen with or without me. It's, it's right. a collective energy and it's, it's a trend that's happening. But from my research here and through also my own personal experience, as I had told you, being an energy light worker, I'm extremely sensitive to energy and the materials, the energy of the materials. And for instance, um, wool fibers and cotton fibers, if they're worn together, will collapse the energy field. So this has actually been documented and written 
through frequency research that we have to be careful when combining animal fibers with plant fibers. And I don't really get into too much with the animal fibers. Right. But it's it's a it's always going to be a niche company and people will always generally wear animal fibers. I I mean a lot of people need it for survival and that's fine and and if they if it keeps it in a niche um, production, form of production, then it's not going to hurt the animal life. Right. So uh, with my different kind of concepts and theories, a lot of the work that I present is sort of just based off of <clears throat> my life experiences too. I, I lived at an ashram in West Virginia and I was surrounded by a group of monks wearing cotton robes. And that alone, it tells you a lot when many of these spiritual groups and communities are wearing a cotton robe. And it's not just the material energy of the cotton. It's also the meditational aspect of the silhouette of the the robe. Because most of the time when you see a robe, it's you sort of feel like you're being blessed, and it's true. A lot of our clothing can bless us and can bless others, and then it can also do the opposite. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what was the question again. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm I was looking for. I mean, and you started to provide it uh, your your foundation and, and uh, having instilling philosophy into your personal fashion, which is, which is fascinating to me. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the living with monks is, 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 uh, extremely cool. And I, I would love to hear more about that and just to how that, uh, sort of experience is what really inspired, um, the work you're doing. Yeah. So I, I have been in the fashion industry for about 15 years. I've literally worked at about a dozen fashion shops as retail manager, supervisor, stylist. So I, I've been involved in the fashion retail for many, many, many years. And along with that, with my foundation, I had created a fashion brand called Alternative Fashion. And Alternative Fashion was a little brand that I created collections and went to like Whole Foods natural grocery pop-up shops, and I sold them in e-shops and everything. In this collection, um, these collections that I produced, they were all made out of hemp and hemp cotton, and that really actually got me really inspired by not just eco-fashion, but the health of the materials. So moving into uh, you know, my, my eco-fashion journalism, fashion retail, visual merchandising. I've always been into presentation. I'm also an artist. I was a fine artist of a book and a deck of fairy oracle cards. And with all of this, uh, it paralleled to my work in meditation and yoga and spirituality. I have lived in ashrams in Michigan, San Francisco, West Virginia, all of that really kind of brought me into the form of inspiration of wanting healthy fashion to be a part of this, you know, current life. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, And I, it, Seems to me, and correct me where I'm wrong, that now is a perfect time for the intersection of the two of philosophy and fashion, um, and obviously sustainability too. It's just, I, I, as we've seen over the last 15 or so years, mindfulness meditation has become form, far more mainstream in the West, even though it's been around for thousands of years. Um, and we have taken a new ownership, or I think at least a, a renowned interest in. Um, fixing or healing 
our planet or trying to at least. And now just seems like the perfect time to, to bring all of those together uh, to create uh, new ideas and, and new products. And of course, it's going to be for profit. And I'm just curious, are there any brands that are at the forefront of this that are, are really leading the charge? Or, I mean, is it, it sounds like, you know, what you do is um, you like to keep it on a local level or are you trying to scale and, you know, help influence uh, some of the major brands too? Well, I'm, I, I know thousands of companies are doing what I'm saying all over the world. Um, fashion, healing and healthy fashion is ancient. It's an ancient art. You know, back with the samurai warriors would dye yeah. their underpants with indigo dye to heal their wounds. So there's thousands of brands producing healthy fashion all over the world. It's... Is it a trend? Well, yes, it's definitely a trend. It's it's happening in activewear, in athleisure, in the minimalism design, in the eco-fashion movement. It's happening even in some of the high-end retail because a lot of luxury wear, a lot of the luxury designs produced by high-fashion couture, ready-to-wear brands, they're creating healthy fashion because it's ergonomic. A lot right. of that luxury apparel is very, very therapeutic and soothing for the body. So everybody's involved in healthy fashion, really. We're, we're involved in healthy fashion. It's just a matter of sort of activating the consciousness of healthy right. fashion and making it more of a, um, a standard practice in the industry, making it more, because I'd love to see in, in fashion marketing, you know, more and more designs that are geared towards what you said, for example, spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would just, just to have that calming presence, just to be able to initiate, you know, the consciousness of who we are through fashion is a very important thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And for, I guess I'll just say the layman, you know, somebody who doesn't necessarily think much about the type of materials they put on their body, but they want to learn more. What is the best place to learn and to activate that, as you said, to really start to make conscious choices based on or based on eco fashion, based on us being better for our bodies and and the environment? Where, Where do you start? We can, yes, we can start where, wherever you shop, whether it's Target or a, a contemporary brand or a retail chain like Nordstrom's, you can start every anywhere and look at the labels and check out and see if it's predominantly plant-based. And through my research, there's a pH value within the cellulose, and it's a neutral pH, which is very healthy for top of our skin and synthetic is acidic it is more acidic in regards to the ph and it's not very good for the skin most polyester most polyester because it traps in the oxygen and no matter no matter what anybody says the the body and skin need to breathe so yeah. plant-based fabrics are really, really, really advanced because they're supporting also our 90% water body that we're sort of floating around in. Right. And having the cellulose on our body, the cellulose can absorb some of the water and it just naturally is elemental for us. Because oil and water generally don't mix and we're a water-based body and synthetic is polyester which is oil-based. So generally speaking, I would, I would just kind of go into your own wardrobe and feel your cotton fibers, put it on, and then put the polyester on and see if you can detect it. And like I said, it's not everybody can't detect it. As an energy healer, I can detect it because I work with energy, so I can truly detect it. Um, but also, many, many years ago, I also would wear synthetics and they were very uncomfortable to me, uh, truly. So a lot of people too, if they have acute health 
problems, that can also um, trigger some sensitivities with synthetics. And right now, with the oil industry, which has been booming for so long, we really have to cut back within our synthetics because it's not just hurting our bodies, it's hurting the planet. Uh, we yeah. really shouldn't be cracking into the earth and taking out what some people call the earth's life force. Right. You know, it's, it's like the blood of the earth, as some would say. Yeah. Um, in relation to synthetics and, and polyester, when I, when I think of polyester exclusively, I, I think, and I, I'm a big runner, so I wear a lot of moisture wicking clothes and I, most of those tend to be polyester, if not some spandex. And I, I'm wondering what, what plant-based alternatives are there for, I know you said athleisure, I think is the word. I mean, are there plant-based uh, alternatives for physical exercise that are, you know, help wick the moisture away from the body? I'm just, I'm, I'm personally curious where that particular niche in the industry is going. Yeah. So that's a good question. And I was a runner too, back when I was 16, before I had a running injury and I wore a bunch of polyester and it's comfortable for running. Yeah. Uh, but there is, if you Google search plant-based activewear, there are definitely some up-and-coming uh, activewear brands that are choosing to use bio-based materials and fabrics like tensile. And I think that's going to be the future bio-based, plastic-free polyester. So instead of using petroleum oil to create our polyester and plastics, we can use um, plants, so it would be like a bioplastic. And that, I believe, is, is the future for most materials that need that type of fabric. So, yeah. for instance, camping tents, like that type, like a right. raincoat, uh, they, they, we would be producing, and we already are, bio-based bio -based plastic materials. But tensile, yeah. tensile is a good one. And like I said, I do yoga and I do a lot of the more low impact workouts. So for me, a lot of the yoga apparel is plant-based that you might find a lot of yoga apparel, not in mainstream, not in mainstream yoga right. apparel, like Lululemon. They're basically all 90% polyester. And like I said, it's a very controversial it's a very sure. controversial subject, and I am not dissing and disrespecting anybody that wears polyester. I still wear polyester. I have a, I wear a coat almost every day out to my walk in a polyester. So it's, it's a part of our lives, but plant-based fabric really truly is the future. Yeah, absolutely. And as we discuss the plant-based alternatives in relation to fashion. I mean, that's, that's not the only industry that plant-based is trying to replace. I mean, plastics are obviously a huge problem far and wide and not just in relation to uh, fashion, but I mean, plastic bottles, for example. And I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I have seen that there are plant-based alternatives starting to come to market, which is really exciting because I mean, it's just, it's become such a major issue in all aspects of our lives. Yeah, I just, I can't believe how not advanced this country and world is. I mean, we really have to pick it up because I'm, I mean, I'm getting excited about dandelion rubber, rubber made out of rubber tires made out of dandelion roots. Yeah. So it's like, there's all these like little things that like, it's like, should I really be excited about plant-based rubber at this point? But <laughs> some people are making, you know, jewelry out of, rubber tires and you can't be putting rubber tires on your body for sure. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I know we briefly touched on it when we spoke previously, but I mean, the, the number of reports I've seen of microplastics being in our bloodstream uh, recently, is just, it's, it's astounding. And that, I mean, that, that should be cause for alarm, if not anything else. Yes. It bothers me too. And, you know, if it leaks out of the system, where's it being absorbed in our body? I mean, it's, it's a very, very sensitive issue. And they've also found plastics in our feces. Yeah. So if we are breathing in our fibers throughout the day, that will not be helping. Right. Unless they're plant-based fabrics. We can breathe in plant-based fabrics without a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, I did want to ask you from a 
from a fashion standpoint, from a business standpoint, um, I, I get. I'll just I'll, I'll give some context for it. You know, as I, I mentioned to you, the, the, the podcast I'm, I'm bringing it to an end after 150 episodes and just going on uh, new journeys, which I'm excited about. And I obviously cherish these conversations. Um, you know, one thing that I, I've always had an interest in, and one is doing more video content on TikTok and Instagram. And I, I've always been fascinated and, and a little bit envious of people who successfully launch lifestyle brands. And I, I, I really do. I love the idea of having a brand that uh, is accompanied by apparel. And I've just always been curious where to start in that regard. I mean, of course, I can slap a logo on a T-shirt and buy it from a vendor, but I, I'm more interested in, you know, taking something from the ground up and, and growing it. And I just, I mean, where does, uh, speaking with somebody who has done that, I mean, where where does one start and going from concept to completion in relation to uh, a clothing brand um, that you release in conjunction with your, with your personal brand? Yeah, so... When I had a launched a brand, it was all handmade. Um, it wasn't in production yet. I just didn't really have the time and energy to launch it. But it did get into Saks Fifth Avenue Talent Search competition. It was entered, and I went That's down awesome. there, and about 80 people were invited, and only one person won. But the fact that they saw the taste and caliber of my work was really an honor. So yeah. at that point, I would suggest just make a really comfortable, amazing product that's stylish and that caters to who you want to, to wear it. And I noticed when I was going at those pop-up shops and selling my goods and everything at fashion shows and the people that were buying my product, I sort of noticed there was a, a little bit of a customer like distinction and it wasn't based on race or age or color or anything it was right. just a, a vibe and energy that i felt through the, the people that were drawn to my fashion so i think truly catering to having a vision of style and taste and design and then being able to present it to people that are like you people that that you know that are of your frequency that's really the most important part that's great advice. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it, it's somebody who's got so little experience in that industry. It's, uh, it can be a little bit terrifying about where you even want to, 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 to pick up and, and, and try. But I mean, that's the, 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 the sage advice that I, I got from that. I mean, among the other things is that I, I, if I'm going to create a brand that I'm proud of. I, I need to, I want to create something that I would actually wear. And I, I think that's, uh, that's a, a good place for me to start considering, you know, what that looks like for myself. Exactly. That's number one. Yep. If yeah. you can wear it, then that, that means something special. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what are you currently working on? I, I think, uh, you mentioned that, uh, you're working on a new book. Is that correct? Well, right now I'm, I'm really trying to focus on my first book, Healthy Fashion. And I do have two books in the works, but they're not, I'm not really putting a lot of my energy and time into them right now because I find that with this initiative with Healthy Fashion, it's so new as well as it's just been kind of around and it's a slow growing trend, it still is very new and fresh to people. And I come into it with a different new direction. I don't just right. talk about eco fashion. I don't just talk about fashion for the body. I talk about fashion in all different assets, including new age and spiritual ascension. And um, I also find too that there's a spiritual battle on this planet, a battle between evil and good. And yeah. this has also affected my life in, in, in many, many ways. And many people say this, and excuse me if I offend anybody, but a lot of people say planet Earth is Satan's kingdom. So there's not a lot of, I mean, I'm finding there's not a lot of, I wouldn't say Christians or religious people, but there's not a lot of good people. And if they are good, it, it, it's uh, hopefully... <laughs> Excuse me, what am I trying to say? So a lot of people are brainwashed and 
on this planet. We've been in sort of a trance and we haven't really been able to connect with our higher self. And a lot of the companies that are in the limelight and successful, they're following the uh, Illuminati, uh, Freemasonry tactics and, and standard practice in order to try to, you know, kind of brainwash more people. So we need sure. good people like you, Trey, to, to make those, uh, you know, the, the good fashion brands. And we need, we need more and more good people that are setting an example and have a high good frequency. It's not, it's not easy right now. That's so sort of, that's what, that's what I'm working on right now. It's, it's a little bit challenging, but there's, there is a lot of negativity on this planet and healthy fashion is not number one right now in regards to people's priorities. But it is if people want to get healthier and feel better and, and be on the, the good side of the invisible war. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying and there's, more propaganda now than there ever has been before. And I mean, nobody is shielded from that on all sides. We, we all have to decide what is true and not true for ourselves. And we, that's where critical think that's where critical thinking comes into play. And it scares me more than a little, I should say a lot that it's being forced out of schools and public education. And that, 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 frightens me. But what I also love about this time in the world is that we all have the opportunity to have, we have a voice. Um, and I, it, it, you know, there are, there's good and there's bad. The fact that everybody has a platform and everybody has a voice, but when we're able to distinguish and say, this is a person whose values with whom I align, as opposed to blindly following somebody who is speaking into an echo chamber and realizing that you have a community, even if it's not the, the, the one that's most healthy for you, when we're able to push back against the grain a little bit, I, I, I think that's it, what you're talking about, ha- propelling the mission forward about being better people and making better decisions for not only our own well-being, but for the earth too. I mean, that's, it's, it's great that we have that power. We just need to exercise it more. Yes. Very well said. Yes. I agree with everything that you said. So, but in direct relation to ego fashion, even if it may not be the top of the priority list, and I mean, you, you have the knowledge and the the power to help influence um, how people understand it and how people and how it's marketed. And it's, it's, what what is it that your 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 message? What is the message that you're trying to portray as as the industry moves forward a little bit? As we have more alternatives to uh, synthetics, I mean, what what's what are you helping to do in terms of that marketing and getting that correct messaging out there? Well, I'm definitely trying to remove some of the toxic, unhealthy fashion and support you know brands and fabrics that are plant-based, that have plant dyes or low-impact dyes. And I'm also trying to expose Monsanto, who was the original creator of GMOs. There's a lot of fabrics out there that are GMO. So we have to deal with that, as well as sort of acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of fashion that's void of spirit. There's a lot of fashion that can promote evil and occult Mm -hmm. and impure vibration. So there's the different components and levels of the body, the mental body, the physical body, the emotional body, the spiritual body, and the energetic body. So we have to actually create a design and make sure it caters to each of our levels and each of our bodies. So I really just am here to be a spokesperson in regards to improving how we perceive fashion and also how we wear our fashions and what we choose to wear 
to make us more spiritually advanced and enlightened conscious beings. Yeah, that's, 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 that's great to hear. Um, uh, as I try to picture what that looks like, I, 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 you know, I just, I don't have that experience. And so it's, it's, it's tough for me, but when we talk, when we dis- I mean, when we discuss fashion that promotes being enlightened beings, I mean, is it more of, is it, is it going back to the material or is it, you know, what, what it looks like? I'm just, it's I, don't, I don't know. It's complex. It truly it is, is complex. complex. It's highly detailed. It's highly intricate. It's highly complex. It could be as simple as a white t-shirt or it could be some crazy costume or whatnot it, that can really evoke what healthy fashion is and what healthy fashion means. But basically, it's sort of to kind of simplify it. Right now, we are heavily involved with mainstream fashion. And it is full of synthetics and full of fashions that we don't keep because of either the lack of quality or the lack of design. And then we move into eco-sustainable fashion, which many brands are actually producing capsule collections within their collections, highlighting organic fibers, or organic materials, um, whether it is sustainable or not. So a lot of people, a lot of brands and companies are supporting sustainable, ethical, slow fashion in various ways. And right now, we're sort of moving in transition to healthy fashion. And this is not just fashion made for the environment. It is fashion made for the human body, fashion that is therapeutic, spa-like. And when we move into healthy fashion, we're going to find that we can use it like a medicinal treatment. Uh, For example, there's cosmetic fabrics that are being designed and put into clothes, Uh, fabric treatments made out of zinc powder uh, and kelp and seaweed powder. And when this treatment is on your placed on your body, it can move into your bloodstream and it could be a new form and way of receiving medical treatment. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that's all extremely fascinating to me because I, I mean, as uh, you know, as we talked about briefly, uh, the finding plastic alternatives is, is great, but we don't hear much about. At least I don't hear much about it in terms of fashion, and so seeing these materials being created out of hemp, for example, or seaweed, things that are just so readily available to us, it just. It, it makes sense and it seems like it's a no brainer, but you know, we go back to, you know, that's going against the interests of major corporations until public perception shifts, you know, nothing is going to shift within the industry. So I'm glad to know that you're, you're an active voice in that. That makes me incredibly happy. And that, you know, I, I want to make sure that I, I do my part moving forward as well. Thank you. And it's, it's a process, you know, we don't have to just go dump our wardrobes and wear a hundred percent plant-based it, it is not practical and it's almost impossible, especially if you're in a colder climate because we rely on polyesters to stay warm. And I always say it's much more important to stay warm versus wearing plant-based fabrics that are healthy and breathable. I definitely think that polyester has helped us, but moving forward, we could also get lost with just figuring out that we're not going to be able to be plant-based with just cotton and linen alone. We have to use multiple different types of plants. We have to use multiple different types of technologies, like I had said, the bio-based fabrics. So what I have concluded is that there's different types of plants through lots of research that we can wear. And there's the aquatic plants, the invasive weeds, the desert plants, the farm plants, the ocean plants, and then wild wilderness materials like acorns and whatnot, natural plant waste 
resources. So yeah. with the aquatic plants, there's uh, tests and developments being done creating a fabric made out of water hyacinth stem. And regards to replacing down, there's cattails, an invasive North American weed, and it's found in other countries. Yeah. And in regards to the desert, we can, well, it is being done. There's being, uh, there's fabrics being done made out of aloe and cactus skin. Yeah. And so we take different types of plants from different types of climates all over the world. And that can really push the plant-based industry forward because it's just too much stress on cotton and linen to do that. And we just can't, we can't rely on two different plants. We have, so there's lots of really exciting developments happening right now in the textile industry with all these alternative plant materials. It's really amazing. That's, that's fantastic. I'm excited to, you know, now that we having we're having this conversation, it'll, it'll definitely catch my eye a lot more than it has in the past. I'm excited to see those changes continue to evolve as we move forward. Um, before we start to wrap up, I, I want to kind of highlight and perhaps expand upon something you had said. You know, if you want to be more eco-conscious, you don't need to go throw out your entire wardrobe right now. There's no sense in doing that. In fact, that just creates more waste. Um, but perhaps, and you know, I'll, I'll lend a tip and perhaps if you want to lend a few more, I mean, I, I myself, I, I shop so rarely, I will wear holes in my clothes just because I have the freedom and flexibility to do so. And I, you know, I, my desire is to be comfortable over anything else. And, you know, as I buy new clothes in the future, of course, I will be more mindful of how I do it. But what are some of the other small steps people can take to be more aware in their purchases in regard to what they're wearing? Well, I think you proved a really important point. If you can find clothes that you want to wear to the point where they become hold, like I do the same thing, that's a really, really important piece. You want to find those pieces that are sentimental to you and that are special to you. And when you can find those pieces, you can actually go to the recycle shop and give away the pieces that you don't wear. And that will actually create a lot of Zen in your wardrobe when you, when you just give away the clothes that you don't wear. And it will yeah. also give you room to purchase new clothes that are possibly plant-based or, or plant synthetic blended and possibly clothes that are treating your body very well, ergonomically designed, meaning really, 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 really therapeutic fashion that is moving with your body. And when I say ergonomic, I'm saying down to the materials. You know, if there's a zipper that is scratching you, just don't buy it. Or if there's yeah. some little detail in that garment that is throwing you off, throwing your alignment off, just don't buy it. So I would definitely pay attention to those tiny details, um, ergonomically designed details are the most important part of a healthy fashion. That's great. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, of course, I appreciate you having this conversation with me. It, it has been eye-opening and enlightening, and I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Um, before I let you go, I do have a few cl uh, questions I like to ask my guests uh, before, before they leave. And the first one is, if you could name a few resources that you're looking for to continue your personal or professional growth, what would they be? And I ask that question in the sense, if somebody happens to be listening across the country or the world and they hear this and say, I can help Alyssa, what is it that you're looking for right now? Well, thank you for asking. And I'm definitely looking for people who are interested in my mission and work, whether they are involved in the industry or not, who would like to support and promote healthy fashion. And I'm looking for just ways to be able to grow and expand my business as a solopreneur because right now I'm, it's just me. So I, I'm always looking for ways to improve and expand my business in regards to getting my work exposed. And those are basically the two main things. So, oh yes, and anyone who would be interested in purchasing healthy fashion or if you know of a group or community that would be excited about healthy fashion as well. Yes, please reach out to me. That'd be great. 
Perfect. And I will ask you in just a few moments uh, about how people can contact you. And I will, of course, have that all in the show notes uh, too. But before we get there, uh, my next question, if you could name a book that's just had a profound impact on your life, what would that book be and why? Well, it's a good question. And I'm glad you asked. And actually, it hasn't been less than two weeks that I found and read one of my most treasured books, and this book is absolutely incredible. I can't believe I found it, but it's called A Breakthrough, Extraordinary Healthcare, Low-Cost, No-Cost, Natural Healthcare for Physical, Mental, and Emotional Health. And this book, let me tell you, Trey, you, you're going to want to read this because it is an absolutely incredible. It goes into different ways of being able to treat a diseased body. Whether, whether you're sick or not, you, you kind of want to read this book. But it goes into all these different types of exercises that are so important to bring the body into balance and create a harmonious, healthy body. It goes into the environmental health care, like types of different instruments we can use to in our home to breathe better. It goes into bioenergy healing. I mean, this author has straightened spines in an hour with his bioenergy work. And he actually wow. teaches you how to do bioenergy in the book. I can't get over this book. I'm going to read it more than once, actually. But if you, if there's one book that I recommend, it's called Extraordinary Healthcare by Sri Ananda Sarvasri. And he was also very big into... Indian ashrams and working and living in, and I don't know about working and living, but he's worked and collaborated with a lot of Indian gurus and everything. So yeah. he's a real interesting person and he's very spiritual and it's a very direct book. It's not, it's, you know, there's some controversial pieces because he talks about a lot about raw food and not everybody could, but he doesn't say, you know, go 100% raw food. He says right, like he does right. like 80, 20 or 70, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I really love this book. I That's think you'd awesome. Like, I think you'd enjoy it. That's perfect. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. And um, I will make sure that link as well is in the show notes. And Alyssa, to, to close out uh, my last question for you, if you could leave the audience with one call to action, either one that you live your life by or one that you implore others to live their lives by, what would it be? Oh, that's so good. Um, that's a good question. I would say, could you just repeat that? I'm sorry. Sure. If you could leave the audience with one call to action, what would that be? Visit the energy vortexes near you. Uh, I've been to Joshua Tree, I've been to Mount Shasta, Lake Tahoe. There's all kinds of energy vortex in California. But visit one, research one near you. The energy vortexes tap you into a real high frequency and you get like a ton of energy from it. And you could even connect real close to your higher self and your guides, your spirit guides. It's an amazing thing to visit energy vortexes on the planet. That's awesome. That's not something that I knew a whole lot about, but um, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I would love to do so at some point. I've heard amazing things about Joshua Tree. So I, I will, of course, uh, make my way there when I have the opportunity. Um, Alyssa, again, just thank you so much for, for sharing your message and just taking an hour to talk with me. If people would like to connect with you, what is the best place for somebody to find you online? Yes, and thank you, Trey, so much for having me. I enjoy your show. It's a really fabulous show. I'm I'm really happy to be a part of it. My website that you can visit at is www.hsandhealthyfsandfashioncampaign.com. Perfect. And are you on social media at all? Yes. If you go to the top, the bottom, scroll down to the bottom of my website on the footer, you can see all my social media icons, and that's where you can find me on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I, again, Alyssa, thank you so incredibly much for, again, the conversation as well as the work that you're doing. And I, I look forward to staying connected and uh, I hope we get to touch, uh, touch base again soon. Definitely. Thank you so much. 
I would again like to thank Alyssa for joining me on the podcast. It was such a pleasure getting to know about her and the work she's doing. If you would like to learn more about Alyssa yourself, please be sure to check out the show notes at themosaiclifepodcast.com where you can connect with Alyssa on social media as well as find her website. And as always, thank all of you for taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast. It's always meant the world to me and it continues to do so. If you would like to stay connected with me as the podcast comes to an end, please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. Again, that's T-R-E-Y-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N or on TikTok at Real Trey Kaufman. My focus moving forward will be similar content, just in shorter form and in video format. And I'm really excited about the opportunity and I hope you'll join me. Thank you all so, so much. And until next time, take care, do better and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.